We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Dr. Rick and his team at Belmar Chiropractic focus on getting to the root cause of your problem instead of chasing symptoms. The results have been like above and beyond anything I could have ever expected. My pain is completely gone, full of energy, even throughout my entire pregnancy. He was able to adjust me and it sounds crazy to say, but like no back pain throughout my whole pregnancy. That was just really amazing. It's better than anything I could have expected for sure. That was Caitlin. Like her, many people who had looked everywhere and tried everything finally found relief and healing at Belmar Chiropractic. It makes you feel really comfortable because he always tells you what he's doing before he actually does it. So I always felt really, really comfortable and they're all so warm and welcoming as well, which is always great. Dr. Rick can help decrease anxiety and depression, reduce stress, improve mental focus and clarity, provide better quality of sleep, boost your immune system, and so much more. He's definitely the most knowledgeable chiropractor I've ever been to. And I've actually have recommended him to many, many of my friends and coworkers. Give Belmar Chiropractic a call today at 303-233-1236. Hey, BSN Denver listeners. We're really excited to tell you about some game-changing coffee. Strava Craft is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible. Make sure you check them out today. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS, and has helped decrease anxiety. You name it. CBD is all natural. It's also not psychoactive, and the coffee is rich and tasty. We could not recommend it anymore to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the promo code BSN2010 at checkout. That's promo code BSN2018 to get your StravaCraft coffee for 20% off and shipped straight to your door. Welcome in to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by InWeGo. Joined by a special guest, Mason Plumwood. I thought he was going to knock that ref out in L.A. <laughs> Coaches will get testy with officials, but to run out onto the court and yeah. cut him off, yeah. I've never seen that before. You should have taken a charge on him. That <laughs> a special guest, Darrell Arthur. When did you first realize Nicole Jokic was good? He was in Philadelphia for Jameer's kind of like team bonding thing, and I knew it right away that he was going to be good. He was making great passes and good reads and stuff like that, and I said, this kid's going to be good. He's turned out to be a star. He has a great upside to him, and I know he'll be a Hall of Famer once he's done playing. And now, here's your hosts, Harrison Wind and Christian Clark. Welcome to a brand new BSN Nuggets podcast. We are presented today by Total Beverage. Right now, for a limited time at Total Beverage, they have an exclusive deal going on for listeners. You can get $10 off a $50 purchase or more on their website and app by using the promo code BSN10. So again, by using promo code BSN10, you can save $10 off a $50 order or more for all your holiday parties and have it delivered right to your door. Total Beverage, of course, makes it super convenient. So you can have all your liquor, wine, beer, spirits delivered right to your door, to your apartment, to your house, to your office, wherever you are in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie. So make sure to check those guys out at Total Beverage. And with that, welcome into a brand new show. 
We're recording this on Thursday night. Harrison Wynn and Christian Clark here. First order of business, Christian. The all-star results are in. What we thought would happen for months and weeks and years has finally happened. Nikola Jokic is an all-star for the first time in his career. The Nuggets have an all-star for the first time since Carmelo Anthony in 2011. We're not surprised by it. We're not shocked by it. We knew it was coming. What was your first reaction when you saw his name pop up there on Twitter? Nikola Jokic, a.k.a. Big Honey, a.k.a. The Joker, yes, broken an eight-year drought, was named an all-star today. I was thinking about just the, the wildly different circumstances that these last two Nuggets representatives to the All-Star game have been picked and are going to play in this game. Because if you think back to 2011, I mean, that was really kind of a rough time for the Denver Nuggets. Carmelo Anthony's you know trade desires were, were pretty well known at that point. Less than two days after Carmelo played in the All-Star game, he was shipped to the New York Knicks in that mega deal that pretty much changed everything around here. And it took eight years for the Nuggets to get another All-Star and now they've got a guy who loves being in Denver. He just, you know, re-upped to be here for five more years. I mean, maybe the most unselfish superstar in the entire league. And, you know, I'm not saying any of that to, like, disparage Carmelo Anthony. He had his, he had his reasons for wanting to leave. But You can say it. It's okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, Carmelo Anthony, probably not, not the most selfless guy. We'll say that. But... I mean, it's just a great time to to follow this team and be a Denver Nuggets fan. Yeah, Jokic making the All-Star game, I mean, we talk about this all the time, but how underrated he is around the league still, I think, and how he's been so underrated throughout his career. He obviously came from the second round, came from overseas. Nobody thought he was going to develop into this player, yada, yada, yada. I guess, in a sense, this is maybe a bit of validation for how good we think he is, how good we thought he is for the last couple of years. And now the rest of the league recognizes it. And I know he got in with the coaches and you know, the coaches always, I think, think more highly of him than fans and maybe some media and whatnot. But I kind of feel a little validated a little right now. We know, we know he's this good. We've known he's this good for so long, but now he's going to be recognized as one of the true elite talents in the league. And it's kind of messed up in a way because if he was in the Eastern Conference, you know, maybe he gets in last year or whatnot. But I mean, now he's with the best of the best. So I think it's a, a sense of our opinions, our takes, the Nuggets takes being validated a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Jokic had to basically lead the Nuggets to the second best record in the Western Conference for him to start getting his due like he is. I think he was underrated the last two seasons. Um, Jokic has, is certainly better now than, than he has, ever has been, especially in the defensive end and from a leadership standpoint. But, I mean, the talent around him is is just way better from where it was in 2016-17 and 27-18. The Nuggets aren't falling to pieces whenever Jokic, you know, is not on the floor anymore. I mean, they're they're doing more than not falling to pieces. They're, they're like a positive, I, I think, when Jokic goes to the bench this year. So... I mean, this is this is such a complete team. Um, I'm I'm really happy to see Jokic getting his due, and it's amazing how far this guy has come for, in four years. I mean, this guy literally drank his last soda. He said in an interview with Zach Lowe on the plane ride to Denver. This is a guy who four years ago was he probably drinking. chugged it too. <laughs> this guy was drinking three liters of Coca Cola. They probably a day. Like touched down. And he was like, "Crap, I still have some left. I gotta chug it." Yeah, I. I, I mean, I don't understand how this dude is this good. I do, but I don't. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. What do you think he's going to be like in the All-Star game? Tw 20 assists like I've predicted before? Yeah, four points and 15 assists. Right. You got to imagine he's not going to look to shoot at all. He's going to look to hand out the highlight real passes and whatnot. And that's what I want. That's what I want to see, man. I want to see some off-the-backboard oops to himself maybe to other teammates. I want him to be standing on one wing and throw a pass off the backboard to the other wing. I want him to try that. <laughs> I, want, I want him to throw an oop to somebody off the bounce. I want him to do everything and anything he can't get away with during an NBA game. Because I feel like he holds back a little during the ebbs and flows of a normal NBA game. And in an environment, in a playground environment like the All-Star game, I have a feeling he's going to let some stuff fly. Yeah, I mean, I would want Jokic on my team if I was one of these captains because who better to, to throw you alley-oops all game if you're LeBron or Giannis? Right. I feel like he's going to end up on LeBron's team. I just have this sneaking suspicion he's going to end up there. 
I think you're probably right. I think Giannis came out and said that he wants, um, who was it, Embiid and Westbrook on his team because those are the two, you know, fighters kind of in the NBA, and, and he wants those guys on his team rather than going at them. Does he think the All-Star game is going to be like this all-out brawl? Well, I don't know. Westbrook doesn't know it's an exhibition game. I mean, have you, seen, have you seen how many times he shoots? True. I wonder if the All-Star game is going to be as competitive as it was last year. I'm not sure. Hmm. We'll see. So coaches in the All-Star game, Nikola Jokic gets in as a reserve, of course. The coaches in the All-Star game, it's interesting. Mike Budenholzer will be in there for the Bucks. They clinched that on Thursday with their win over Toronto. The West is still up for grabs. It's either going to be Steve Kerr or Michael Malone. The award, the honor goes to the best coach with the best record through February 3rd. Right now, the Warriors are one game up on the Nuggets. Both teams have two games remaining. As we're recording this, the Warriors are playing the 76ers. The Nuggets pretty much need the Warriors to split these last two games or lose both, but probably split these last two games. And Denver needs to go 2-0 against Houston at home and then against Minnesota on the road, a back-to-back, which is no easy task. Denver has the tiebreaker clinched. So if Denver goes 2-0, if the Warriors go 1-1, it's going to be Michael Malone coaching in the All-Star game. How crazy would that be going from answering questions about his coaching future at his exit interview in April to coaching in the All-Star game less than a year later? One thing I'll say about Michael Malone, the big names love Michael Malone. They have a ton of respect for him. I mean, we know LeBron has been on the record that he's a Michael Malone fan. Chris Paul, Kevin Durant, I mean, Draymond Green, the list kind of goes on and on. Malone has been an assistant. It feels like almost everywhere in the league, and he just well, seems he to be universally LeBron. loved. He coached LeBron for five years. I don't know if you knew that, but he coached <laughs> LeBron for five years. Heard that. And then he was in Golden State, and and then Sacramento, and now Denver. Yeah. Boogie, pretty big fan, too. Yeah, so, I mean, I'd love for Mike Malone's sake to get in there. He's done an amazing job this year. He's still at the top of my Coach of the Year ballot. There's been a lot of great performances this year, though. Budenholzer, Malone, Kenny Atkinson, I think, should get some consideration in Brooklyn. Dave Yeager in Sacramento, even though the Kings are falling off a little here. Um, there's a lot of really good coaching jobs going on, but what Michael Malone's done to be without three starters for most of the year, to not have your starting lineup intact since the second game of the season. And if you hadn't heard the news yet, I'll break it to you here. Jamal Murray will not be playing Friday against the Rockets. So we will go another game without the Nuggets regular starting lineup. And I mean, Gary Harris might be out too. He's questionable. So we'll see how long it takes. I'm becoming increasingly convinced that we're not going to see the starting lineup until like game four of their first round series. I'm wondering if the Nuggets are just playing the long game here. <laughs> they don't want to get any tape of their starting lineup out there, so they're just not going to play those guys together until the playoffs. Well, they don't want to peak too early. They yeah. don't want to peak too early. It could be just a light year's game plan from Malone and his staff. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's something to think about. All right, we got a lot more to get to on today's pod. I can barely remember what even happened in this Pelicans game the other night because the NBA world seemingly got flipped on its head today with the Kristaps Porzingis trade and all the Anthony Davis scuttlebutt. But we'll do our best to recap this one over the Pelicans. Monte Morris and Malik Beasley's games really stood out. Of course, Jokic had another triple-double on the eve of the All-Star Game announcement. So we'll talk about what we thought of that win, and we'll look ahead to this Rockets game a little bit. We'll be right back. Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. That was Jim. He's been a customer of Piper Electric for over a year now and loves it so much that he recommends his own clients to them. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have preferred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. 
they've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by Total Beverage. Harrison Wynn and Christian Clark here. Before we get into this Pelicans game, I've just got one question for you. What do you think of your Dallas Mavericks pulling the trade of the season so far, a week before the trade deadline, getting Chris Dapps Porzingis from New York? That trade seemed like it came about in around 30 minutes, but sure enough, KP is in Dallas alongside Luka Doncic, our resident Mavs fan. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I believe Mark Cuban said this is like Steve Nash and Dirk Nowitzki all over again, except these two guys are taller. Um, yes. I was pretty excited about that move, but that seemed like a little bit much. Um, you think Mark Cuban's excited? I think he might be. Um, I mean, I, it was a good move. Uh, I mean, the Mavs aren't going to have first-round picks in three of the next five years, but hopefully this year is going to be the only one they're picking in the lottery. I mean, if you got those two guys, uh, Doncic and Przingis, whose who's games mesh pretty well together, I mean... The biggest knock on Przingis, I guess, besides the injury stuff, is that the guy doesn't really make anybody around him better. I mean, he doesn't have any playmaking ability at all. Well, Luka Doncic has got that handled. So, I mean, I love the fit between those two guys. Um, And, you know, hopefully by 2021 and 2023, those picks aren't that valuable. They're they're somewhere between 20 and 30. And the beauty of, you know, Luka Doncic and Przingis, too, is that you can fill out the rest of your roster with – you know, guys who maybe aren't that traditional. Like your point guard doesn't have to like bring the ball up the floor and play make that much because Donchus is your lead ball handler. And if your power forward is is a good defender and a rebounder, but not that great of a shooter, that's okay because Donchus and Porzingis are both good outside shooters. So I like what they did. Oh, it was a very astute Mavs take. I'm, I'm a fan of that. I'm looking at this from a Knicks perspective. If they don't get Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving, Knicks fans might burn down the garden. Led by Worldwide Wob leading a cavalry into the center of Manhattan. They might burn that place down if they don't get one of those free agents. Because they really set themselves up to either have an unbelievable summer and get Kevin Durant, get Kyrie Irving, get Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving, or they set themselves up for a summer and offseason where everybody in the media is going to be pointing a finger and laughing at the Knicks. The Kazoos. It's a great nickname. It's so a great it's, nickname. it's either going to be a new age for the Knicks, which seems really weird. Like I said on our uh, podcast about Kevin Durant, I can't believe the Knicks are in these conversations and a real threat for his services, considering how dysfunctional they've been over the last two decades. If they get one of those guys, man, this will be a good move, I think. If they don't, my God, <laughs> what a joke. Yeah, I mean, everybody was saying that, oh, the Knicks must know something. They must know something. You know, Kevin Durant must have sent some feelers. The only people who weren't confident at all were Knicks fans. Right. They've, they've seen too many bad things. And, you know, maybe Kevin Durant has sent some feelers through Rich Kleinman, but also, like, things change in the snap of the fingers. Like, Kevin Durant, no, like, we all know he's a wishy-washy guy. I mean, his opinion might change like 70 times before now on July 1st. It could. And I'm not ruling it out that he stays with the Warriors for another year. I think anything could happen, right? I mean, he could go to the Clippers. I don't know. He could go to the Knicks. I mean, he, he could stay in Golden State. I, I don't think anything is set in stone. Yeah, I mean, what if the Knicks cleared all this cap space, sent away Porzingis, and then Kevin Durant goes to the Clippers with like Kawhi? And then they roll out the red carpet for DeAndre Jordan. Oh, wait, they already have DeAndre Jordan now. <laughs> Are they going to buy DeAndre Jordan out and then re-sign him next summer? Like, what, what if they just sign Jimmy Butler and keep DeAndre or something? Oh, yeah, Jimmy Butler. He'd be a very Knicks signing, huh? He would yell at DeAndre so much. Well, I'm praying for the Knicks. Uh, I, hope they, I hope this ends well for them. We'll see. So this Nuggets win over... The Pelicans. I guess the first thing we should probably get to is a starting lineup. Monte Morris in, Torrey Craig out. 
what do you think of that move? I mean, it seemed like it paid off. Monte Morris had maybe the best game of his career. Yeah, I mean, I was fine with Monte Morris being in there. I, I kind of expected Malik Beasley to get the start after his fourth quarter heroics in Memphis, but Monte is a perfectly reasonable option. Um, you know, Torrey Craig had been playing a ton of minutes this month with everybody injured. Much more reduced role in this game. Torrey is in there for, for just eight minutes. and Yeah, that was that was interesting. Torrey Craig for only eight minutes, considering Will Barton only played 26 minutes in this one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not a lot, but yeah. I mean, I, I'm cool with, with starting Monte if Jamal's not in there. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. You know, him or Beasley, I don't really have a, a strong opinion either way. I mean, both those guys are ballers, and Monte was just incredible in this game. I think this was a step forward for the Nuggets in a lot of ways. They got off to a good start in the first quarter offensively, which at times had been a struggle with this lineup here with Torrey Craig. And I knew once they put Monte Morris in there and he was with the starters, the offense was going to pop because, I mean, he just runs his unit so well regardless of who's out there. And you have a true point guard out there with Will Barton and Gary Harris, Nicole Jokic, Paul Millsup. Those guys are going to get open looks with Monte running that team. And then defensively, they had a pretty good defensive first quarter, I thought, only allowed 26 points. A big improvement from these last couple of games against Philly and against Memphis back on Monday. So a step in the right direction for Denver in that part. But just speaking about Monte's game in general, man, I mean, 8 of 12 shooting, 20 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists. This got to be his best game of his career. It's a plus 16 in this six-point win. The starters, other than Will Barton, just killed it in this game. And look, he's been so solid all year long. There's really not a bad thing you can say about him. He had that mini slump for what? four games earlier this month. Maybe that was his rookie slash sophomore wall, whatever you want to call it. Now it looks like he's in a rhythm again. And uh, I mean, he's just given Denver so many good minutes right now. The question that continues to loom though, what happens when Isaiah Thomas gets healthy? Maybe later this month. I'm not sure what Denver does, but I've been saying it all along. There's no way on earth you can sit Monte Morris down. You've got to play him 20 to 25 minutes a game at a minimum. And I think this game just continues to prove that. The passing is so beautiful, and Jokic and Monte Morris are out there together. Uh, the Knicks, or I'm, well, the Knicks, oh my God. I the, got the Knicks in your head, man. <laughs> I'm shook. The Nuggets had 31 assists in this game a ton. 26 of those assists were recorded when Jokic and Morris were out in the floor together. I mean, those guys played a ton of minutes together. But, I mean, Morris is so good at finding Jokic the pick and roll and just getting the ball to him in his spots. I mean, they're they're a lethal pick and roll combination. How about Monte's shot, man? <laughs> I mean, in a game, another game, where nobody could hit from three, Monte Morris goes three of four, Malik Beasley... Uh, Ghost four of six. Gary hit a couple threes, but he was two and nine. Were we counting on Monte Morris as being one of the most consistent jump shooters on this team? Heck no. I can't believe how he's shooting the ball right now. What's your read on it? Everybody knows my opinion. How many minutes do you think Monte should be playing if they have to make a call on playing time when Isaiah Thomas gets back? Are you in the same ballpark as me? I mean, if, if I was in charge, I'd probably look to like move Isaiah Thomas as much as that. I don't know. It seems blasphemous. I don't know. I would I would sit Isaiah Thomas down. Like nobody's taking Monte Morris's minutes. Definitely. I think he's that valuable. Nobody is. Yeah. I mean, I think he has a, a strong case as the best backup point guard in the league this right. year. Right. That's yeah. crazy. I mean, who is even on that short list? Oh man. Terry Rozier seems like he's having a down year. Yeah. I mean, I do. You, Sean Livingston. Do you consider a Lou a backup point guard? a backup point guard, but he scores. Yeah, technically, he's a much different player. He impacts the game in a much different way. He scores. Monte's going to play defense. He's going to run your team. The most impressive play, I thought, of Monte Morris's game, and I outlined this play on bsendenver.com. You can find an article about this game written by yours truly. But he made this defensive rotation with a minute left, Denver clinging to a three-point lead, I believe, where he's guarding Ian Clark in the opposite corner. Drew Holiday runs a little pick and roll with Okafor, lofts the ball to Okafor, and somehow Monte, before Okafor can even catch and turn, is just right in position, right in the middle of the paint, catches Okafor a bit by surprise, 
And then uh, Okafor is not able to swing the ball because Malik Beasley in an all-out sprint gets to Ian Clark in the corner. Possession, the possession ends with a Drew Holiday air ball. It was a great defensive play, and he's just been so valuable. It's been so fun watching him play this year. Yeah, I mean, a lot of things have surprised me about Monte's game. I thought he had a chance to be good in this league, but you know, not this good this quickly. The defense has probably been the most surprising. Well, he's so smart, man, yeah. offensively and defensively. He knows where to be. He knows guys' tendencies. He's a quick study, too, uh, committed to the game. So he deserves the success he's had, I think. Yeah, I mean, if, if guys are going to beat him, he's really going to make them earn it, like hit a tough shot or, or just overpower him physically. I mean, Monte guarded Drew Holiday, who's just an absolute stud for, for long stretches in this game and more than held his own. And Drew Holiday is, you know, one of the biggest just beasts uh, among point guards out there. It's probably like him and Russell Westbrook. That's the list, one, two, just, just physical, strong, quick guys. Monte is such a smart basketball player. I mean, if you're, like, trying to learn how to play point guard, just, just watch, you know, what Monte does. I mean, he, he has really good skills, but he, he just gets by – you know, by thinking the game. His backcourt mate for a lot of this game, Malik Beasley, who comes off the bench, another stellar game from Beasley. Team high 22 points, 9 of 14 from the field, 4 of 6 from 3. Played crunch time minutes late in this one over Will Barton? Was he on the floor over Will Barton at the end of this one? I can't quite remember. Um, But another great game from him shooting the lights out. It's gotten to a point now where if you give Malik Beasley a wide open three, he's probably not missing it. Like how many bad misses did he have last year? And that's something he's totally cut out of his game. Now he's either missing just short or long. He's not missing left or right. And uh, I think that also shows how much he's improved as a shooter. It's more than just, it's really more than just, and this might seem crazy, but it's more than how many makes and how many misses you have. It can also be whether you miss left or right or short or long. The good shooters always miss short or long. They never miss left and right. And I feel like that's what you're seeing from Malik here. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point. It's not like Malik was a bad shooter or or anything like that last year. Um, What did he shoot from three? He was at 34% 34. from three last year. But I think you're right that it was either going in or it was either like clanging off the side of the backboard and like making a small crack in the backboard or something like Mm -hmm. that. He just didn't scare people with his jump shot. And this year, I mean, you can just tell the the gravity that he has compared to last year. Like guys are terrified of him getting that shot off and he can get it off really quick. He gets off the ground a pretty good distance. He goes straight up and down now, which is something he's doing a lot better than last year. He is money right now from outside. He can kind of stop on a dime and hit that mid range shot. And we know he can get all the way to the rim and finish. He had what? I think it was three, four, five buckets in transition in this game. And it felt like Nicole Jokic fed him on a couple of those. Those guys were a dangerous quarterback-receiver combo in this game. I think there was one in the first half where Malik poked away the ball. And there was like three Pelicans players between him and the basket. He just outsprinted all of them. Jokic found them and, and he mm-hmm. dunked it. It was pretty sweet to see. There's a lot of players on this team who are really good in transition. Gary Harris, obviously. It's like a wide receiver streaking down the court. Will Barton, really good finisher, I think, in transition. We know what Nikola Jokic can do in transition when he's got the ball in the middle of the court on a fast break. I'm not sure there's many players better in the league at that than him. Malik Beasley, also a terror in transition. If the Did you guys have seven-on-seven football in Colorado? Like, Is that a thing that high schools do in the summer? No, we're not. Actually... I never played football in high school. We probably do, but I mean, I know we aren't as committed to the sport as you guys were in Texas. Okay, well, potentially, if the, if the NBA had a seven-on-seven football tournament, like during the off season, I know which team would win. The Nuggets would definitely win. They They'd would kill have a everybody. Nice football team. Yeah, Paul Millsap like playing tight end or whatever, and then like Beasley and Gary Harris playing receiver. Maybe Will Barton in there. What's Monte Morris? Is he your quarterback? Oh, or is he like your free safety? Yeah, yeah. Monte or, is definitely your like corner. playing corner or free safety. Jokic is your quarterback, obviously. Yeah. I mean, if he could theoretically throw, yeah, for sure. Wancho, what's he? Uh, He's getting water and cutting up oranges for everybody. <laughs> he's your backup uh, wide receiver, backup jump ball threat. 
Tory Craig is like a strong safety. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. All right. Let's hit another break real quick. We got one question on the Total Beverage Fan Hotline that we're going to get to on one of my favorite topics in the world, Jared Vanderbilt. (laughs) We'll get to that and we'll wrap up with some other thoughts on this game. We'll be right back on the BSN Nuggets podcast. Dr. Rick and his team at Belmar Chiropractic focus on getting to the root cause of your problem instead of chasing symptoms. The results have been like above and beyond anything I could have ever expected. My pain is completely gone, full of energy, even throughout my entire pregnancy. He was able to adjust me and it sounds crazy to say, but like no back pain throughout my whole pregnancy. That was just really amazing. It's better than anything I could have expected for sure. That was Caitlin. Like her, many people who had looked everywhere and tried everything finally found relief and healing at Belmar Chiropractic. It makes you feel really comfortable because he always tells you what he's doing before he actually does it. So I always felt really, really comfortable and they're all so warm and welcoming as well, which is always great. Dr. Rick can help decrease anxiety and depression, reduce stress, improve mental focus and clarity, provide better quality of sleep, boost your immune system, and so much more. He's definitely the most knowledgeable chiropractor I've ever been to, and I actually have recommended him to many, many of my friends and coworkers. Give Belmar Chiropractic a call today at 303-233-1236. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast. Harrison Witten and Christian Clark here. Before we lay down some final thoughts on this game, I want to go to the Total Beverage Hotline for a question on Jared Vanderbilt. want to remind you guys if you have a question for the show, 1-800-BSN-8394. 1-800-BSN-8394 is the number to call. Let's go to the hotline right now. Hey, guys. This is Frank from Fort Collins. Um, so excited about the Nuggets start again. Um, best in franchise history. Uh, I'm... Just uh, never saw this coming this fast. That it would be a couple of years down the road. Um, but as, as good as we're playing, I still think that they can, of course, get better. Um, a lot of talk of trading for Anthony Davis. Um, as much as he's a top five player, and I'm kind of on the fence, like just get him. But what do we have to give up, and what could it be like in the future? And we don't know. And we know Anthony Davis is what he can do, and you know we don't know how it would mesh with with the Okic and whoever might remain or who else we might get in a, in a trade. But um, my question focuses on somebody that's probably not talked about it a ton, although lately we saw him for three minutes and 40-some-odd seconds. But Jared Vanderbilt and Harrison, you've been um, throwing out the videos on Twitter of him with Delaware, whomever it is. And um, I want him back up here now. Um, <laughs> let Trey Lyle sit and watch how it's done, um, even if uh, – Vanderbilt shoots uh, 15% from three. I still think he can play better than Lyles. He's, I'm just uh, amazed at how he can rebound and dribble the ball. My God, can he handle the ball. And um, he just has a nose for the ball. Like I think I don't remember if it was you or someone else that said Dennis Rodman rebounding instincts. He just looks like he knows where the ball is coming off the rim. And that's something that you just can't teach. He just knows where to be. Um, and his athleticism, and it's just amazing. And uh, and the last video I just saw, and I had to call in uh, on your Twitter, uh, Harrison, was him hitting a corner three. And um, I was worried he'd look uh, like a Fareed out there shooting, but he actually has a pretty nice form, and he's probably got some ways to go. But, um, man, alive, get him back up. And I wondered, what are the chances this is going to happen now? Can he help us? This year, not next year, if uh, he can get his wind underneath him and come back and even play, um, you know, in a month, uh, play Trey Lyles minutes 10 to 20, depending on, you know, situations of foul trouble. Um, that's 20 minutes of 15, 10, 10, 15, 20 minutes of major production, it seems like to me. So just wondered your thoughts. Thanks, guys, for the show. And um, thanks, Harrison, for passing along those clips. Go Vanderbilt and go Nuggets. All right, Frank, thank you for the call. Yeah, Vanderbilt's first two games have been very impressive. It's kind of been the subplot to this week of Nuggets action. Denver's gotten two wins. They swept this little road trip here. But, I mean, Vanderbilt has looked incredible in these two games. A double-double in his first game, then follows that up with 14 points on 6-11 shooting. Hit another three. He's got two makes on corner threes so far. Seven rebounds, two steals in just 17 minutes. 
he's shown off the skill set that we've all been hearing about and that we've seen on film from Kentucky from his high school days over the last year or so. I mean, what have you thought of his first two games? Has he exceeded your expectations a little bit? I thought it's, I thought it's pretty much what I expected. Okay. I mean, I have really high expectations for this guy. I think he's absolutely going to be a, a rotation piece for the Nuggets this season. I know I mentioned this on a podcast the other day, but one of the dudes who writes for the Stepien, great draft website, um, if you want to read up before the summer's draft, said that he wouldn't be surprised if Vanderbilt if he ends up being like the second best prospect out of all the guys who are drafted this year. Yeah. Like he could go number two in this upcoming draft behind Zion. Yeah. Like that's the guy's ceiling. And you know, somehow this guy slipped to, to 41. He was a top 10, 15 high school player. I mean, six, nine, six foot 10 dudes. Is that how tall he is? Yeah. Six, nine. They just don't move like Jared Vanderbilt very often. The, the Pascal Siakam comp has been thrown out by a lot of different people. And, I actually think that's pretty reasonable, to be honest. I think it is too, man. He's shown it all this uh, in these two summer league, or not summer league, these two G League games. He's exceeded my expectations. I thought he'd look way more rusty than he has. I mean, this guy hasn't really played five on five since before his season-ending surgery at Kentucky last spring. I don't even think he played five on five in a practice setting before he got in for those three minutes against Phoenix in his NBA debut. I remember Michael Malone saying after that game that that was the first time in those three minutes of garbage time he's played five-on-five. So these two games have been like his second and third times playing actual five-on-five in a live game setting. I'm sure he did it in practice with the G League team and whatnot, but I mean, he's still super raw, not a ton of five-on-five under his belt. So for him to come out and I mean, he doesn't know the plays. He's got, like, no idea what he's doing out there on offense. He doesn't know what Delaware is running. I mean, that's to be expected for a guy who just joined the team. But he's putting up stats. He's getting involved. He's pushing the ball up the floor. He's crashing the glass hard. The rebounding instincts, you can see that really just by flipping on the film. I mean, offensive and defensive glass. He's an unbelievable rebounder, and you've seen that in these first two games. I'm excited, man. I'm excited. One of the best rebounders we've ever seen, Tim Connolly said on draft night. I mean, he was... Well, he was statistically the best rebounder in the last draft. Yeah. Better yeah. than Aiton, better than Jaron Jackson, better than all those guys. I mean, he was playing like 14 minutes a game, too, and you know he played like 15 games, so we didn't see him that much. But yeah, yeah you're right about that. Um, you know, obviously, the, the biggest knock on Vanderbilt is the jump shot. Um, you know, mechanics seem to be a little bit better than they were. That's going to be something to monitor. And, you know, one of the things that makes Pascal Siakam really good, too, is, you know, obviously the guy can, can put the ball on the floor and get to the rim, which I think Jared Vanderbilt is not going to have any issues doing. But once he gets to the rim, he's an excellent finisher, too. Pascal Siakam shooting 72% at the rim, which puts him in the 81st percentile among players in his position. I'm curious to see just, just what Jared Vanderbilt's touch at the rim is like. I think it's going to be good. I He needs to get that touch back. And that's a tough thing to get back when you miss so much time. I mean, whenever I don't play pickup for like a month, I have terrible touch. So I can only imagine, (laughs) I can only imagine how bad his touch is not playing for like almost a year, you know, but maybe the most impressive part of his game to me, the most impressive tantalizing part of his skill set, might be how he runs and dribbles the ball in the open floor. He had one play where, He got a defensive board, dribbled the length of the floor, stopped at the top of the key, let go this one-handed backdoor pass that hit his man on the money, and then the ball kind of got circled around the key. And like uh, our caller said, I tweeted out a ton of his videos, all really the notable highlights uh, from the offensive end of the floor especially. And on that certain play, the ball kind of got fed around the key, and he floated right to the middle of the paint and dunked it. So it was a great play, but how he runs the floor and how he leads the break, one person within the team remarked to me that it reminds him of Giannis leading Ooh. the break. Oh, man. Man, in two years, the Nuggets are the Nuggets' big guys are going to be the only guys who bring the ball to the floor in transition. Right. Well, already their point guard used to be a center, and their center used to be a point guard. <laughs> so, I mean, why not? Yeah. Oh, it's great. Uh, they I mean, they're already a really good transition team, but 
throw Vanderbilt in there with Jokic could go up even another level. In terms of when we could see him, look, I don't think he's going to contribute much this year. Maybe unless Denver is really in a pinch and he just blows all the expectations out of the water in the G League. I'm still doubtful that we're going to see him much at the NBA level this year. You know, if Denver was not in a playoff position, if this season had gone the opposite direction and Denver was lottery bound, I'm sure we would see him potentially. But uh, they'll let him cook. They'll let him uh, blossom in the G League. And, I mean, Summer League next year, man. Michael Porter Jr., Jared Vanderbilt, Thomas Welsh, Brandon Goodwin. Are you going to say Tyler Lydon? <laughs> what are you getting ready to say there? Vlaco <laughs> Chanchar. Vlaco Chanchar. How could you forget? Peter Cornelly. Is he going to come back? I don't know. <laughs> Nikola Radicevic. These are some deep cuts. I mean, this is why the Nuggets are so fun, because they're already really freaking good in the present, and they have multiple guys who you're like, you can, you can be excited about down the road. Michael Porter Jr., Jared Vanderbilt. I'm kind of a nerd, so I'm excited about Vladko Chanchar. But <laughs> I mean, I'm excited about him, yeah. I mean, they're they're in a great spot right now. Like This team is in a great position to get home court advantage, and they've got guys down the road who, if they hit, raise the ceiling that much more. How about this for the Friday night primetime game at Thomas & Mack Center, opening night of Summer League? Michael Porter Jr., who I'm very confident will play in Summer League next year, against Zion Williamson. Center court, Thomas and Mack Center, the 6 o'clock game, packed building. Let's go. I don't know if I'd bring MPJ back against Zion. Maybe let him cool out. Oh, I'm here for it. Let's go, man. Let's go. <laughs> they don't have to guard each other. Just throw a... Uh, Throw Vlatko on Zion. I would just say if, if it looks like <laughs> Zion's getting ready to take off, Michael, then just get like 15 feet out of the way. Yeah. That should be fun. Well, I'll look forward to that. If you guys do have questions for the show, 1-800-BSN-8394. 1-800-BSN-8394. So a couple final thoughts on this game. Let's touch on the injured guys, I guess. Gary, I did not think Gary looked like himself this game. Had a really poor game shooting the ball, 3 of 14. I was thinking Denver might hold him out of this game just because I don't think he's looked 100% healthy for these last few matchups. But you know, sure enough, he, he looked a little gimpy at times. He shows up on the injury report. It was a hip uh, that he sat out for a long time with. And then it was a core injury. Now it's a groin. So, I mean, if I'm Denver, I sit him down for a week or two here. I let him get healthy, and you know maybe once Jamal Murray is ready to come back from this ankle injury, they can have Gary healthy and get the starting lineup some rhythm. That's what I would do at least. Yeah, I mean, you've got Malik Beasley to throw in there. If Gary's going to miss some time, that's a, a pretty decent option at backup shooting guard. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, Gary, Gary just looked banged up in this game. Michael Malone said afterward that he was surprised Gary even played in this game after the way he looked at shoot-around. Same. So... Yeah, I mean, that's not great. Gary was so good to start this year. It, it kind of bums me out that he's he's just had to deal with all these injuries. It, you know, at the beginning of the year, we were talking about Gary and his improved handle, and he was just killing dudes off the dribble, and we just haven't seen that guy lately because of all these injuries. Yeah, he's played in 32 of, what, 50 games? 32 of 51 games? So it's been a disappointing season for Gary, no doubt. Definitely a disappointing season. Um, his first year, that rookie extension. But, hey, it's just these little injuries that have kept adding up here. Well, that's all I really got for the game here. I want to close with this, going back to chatting about Jokic getting into the All-Star game. What do you think his level of excitement is for getting chosen to be an All-Star, representing the Nuggets, and just what do you think his excitement level is for getting chosen to the All-Star game? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Jokic is jacked up, but everything with him, it's about more than just him. I mean, it seems like he's excited to represent the Nuggets. And, you know, he was asked about being named an all-star, and he points out that Monte Morris and Torrey Craig are two guys who should have been considered for the Rising Stars game. That's just the kind of guy mm -hmm. Nicole Jokic right. is. Not even prompted. He was asked on TNT if he felt like Denver should have gotten another all-star because – 
hey, they're second in the Western Conference. Typically, the top couple teams will get two guys in. The Thunder did. The Warriors did, obviously. Should Denver have gotten another all-star? Probably Jamal Murray. And he quickly just brought up Torrey Craig and Monte Morris's name. I thought that was pretty notable. And Monte Morris absolutely should be in the Rising Stars game, by the way. I think he'll get in because Lonzo Ball isn't playing in that game. He's hurt. Yeah, I mean, he should have made it outright over Alonzo anyway. I agree, I agree. But we don't we don't need to belabor the point of griping about, oh, this guy didn't make the Rising Stars game too much. Well, Alonzo uh, will be off the Lakers pretty soon anyway. <laughs> His star will begin to fade. Well, him trying to dictate like what team he gets traded to right now. When yeah, apparently he wants to go to Phoenix. <laughs> it's an odd choice. Yeah. Um, but anyways, Jokic in his interview too, you know, he mentioned how excited his family was. Him and his brothers and his girlfriend apparently had this group text, and he said his brothers were, were super excited, and his girlfriend cried. Jokic, Jokic is just such a pure human being, man. I mean, there's nothing fake about him at all. Yeah, we like to say, yeah, he doesn't get excited about these individual accolades and whatnot. He could care less about an all-star selection. I've actually heard he's pretty pumped about getting in. He's pretty excited to go to Charlotte, and I think what he strives for and what really hits home with him. It's not the triple doubles. Of course, it's not being an all-star. It's the opportunity for him to represent his country, his family, and put the Jokic name on the map and make his girlfriend proud, make his brothers proud, make his parents proud. That's what's important to him, I think. So we talk about him as this guy who, you know, he doesn't care about individual stuff and notoriety but if there's an opportunity to put that Jokic name in the national spotlight to put Serbia in the national spotlight that's the kind of thing that is really important to him I think and triple doubles can't do that but you know what can do that a championship a championship can do that well Jokic used that word I believe in his interview too um we're asking him a couple weeks back just you know, I don't know. I think somebody's asking him, like, how much would it mean to you to you know, be in the MVP conversation? And what he said then was, like, let's accomplish a couple other things first. And mm-hmm. he said, go to the playoffs. And he said, win a championship, too. So, I mean, you know, he is definitely excited. I mean, I'm sure he's jacked, but that dude is such a team guy. And, you know, I think that's the biggest reason why the Nuggets are the way they are, why everyone is so unselfish, because their highest paid guy, their their best player. I mean, he just doesn't really I mean, he, he's not into the hype about himself that much. Yeah, that's a good point. Probably a good place to end here unless you've got anything else as we wrap up. I felt like that was a good win for Denver, uh, to be honest, over New Orleans, a pesky New Orleans team. Jaleel Okafor, who had been playing really great, Denver shut him down just 14 points, 8 rebounds for him. Drew Holiday had a nice game. He always tends to kill Denver. Denver pretty much held everybody else in check. Your boy, Kenrich Williams, off the bench. 38 minutes for Kenrich Williams. We knew it. We knew he was good. We were right. They were all wrong. Another way we've been validated. It's really a shame that the Nuggets didn't have like one open roster spot. They could have added Kenrich Williams. He, he could have been a nice back-end piece for this team. Um he hit, what, five threes in this game? He hit five threes in this game, finished with eight rebounds. He had 16 rebounds the night before this game in Houston. Monster rebounder. He was a great rebounder at TCU in college. The threes surprised me a little bit. He didn't hit anything from he outside. He hit like one three in summer league. Yeah. So, I mean, that had to kind of stink for the Nuggets. Like, where was this during summer league? Right. We loved him. We thought he was good. He popped when he got on the floor. Denver really liked him. They thought he was good. But, yeah, the Nuggets didn't have an open roster spot. He didn't take the – or I don't think he wanted a two-way deal. He wanted a legit roster spot, and he got that with New Orleans. And, hey, he's getting a chance to play now, and he'll probably continue to play a ton here as New Orleans sells off every asset. Anthony Davis, Drew Holiday, Nikola Mirotic, everybody. Yeah, I love Kenrich. He's got to grow back the shag, though. He said he shaved off the shag because he, he couldn't find a barber he liked in New Orleans. I tweeted that out, and I had four barbers from New Orleans hit me up and say, <laughs> I can cut his hair. There's got to be a lot of good barbers in New Orleans. <laughs> right. All right, well, I think that might be 
a good spot to end it. The Nuggets have the Rockets coming in here on Friday. Curious to see how that goes. If Denver deploys the same defensive scheme they did last time, which I actually think was the right defensive scheme to play against Houston. It's just P.J. Tucker and Gerald Green and Eric Gordon did not miss a three in that game. That's at least what it seemed like. Did you see that video going around of Drew Holiday defending James Harden for 40 minutes and he really limited James Harden? Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things he was doing, I saw, was he's kind of jumping to the side. Like mm-hmm. when he was jumping up to contest, it wasn't straight on, which a lot of how those fouls occur. Smart, smart player, Drew Holiday. Yeah. Uh, maybe some other guys should have been taking notes. Kind of jump to the side and, you know, use, use your left hand to try and alter that shot. Just don't try to steal the ball, right? I mean, it's easier said than done, I know. But if you don't try to steal the ball and just have your hands straight out to the sides, Harden can't do the swipe through thing and draw fouls that way. It's just a little thing that defenders can do to help themselves out. And also, don't do that stupid behind-the-back thing either. Hands behind the back. Oh, God. This is ridiculous. Oh, God. Um, Last thing I've actually got for you. As the Anthony Davis rumors continue to swirl, and look, I think... One way or another, he's still going to wind up on the Lakers. Although I am enjoying how nobody in the league, from the Spurs to now the Pelicans, wants to trade their star player to the Lakers. As a guy in Denver, I'm enjoying that little subplot to these stars demanding trades. I was enjoying Lakers Twitter losing its minds today. I'm enjoying it as well. I saw one tweet and somebody said, I'd rather have Kenrich Williams and Brandon Ingram. I like that tweet. All right, let's get out of here. Uh, We'll be back with another episode recapping these next two games against Houston and then in Minnesota. We'll talk with you guys then. Hey, BSN fans, your favorite Colorado sports network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer, and we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the bar page where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to bsnbars.com and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bartender the VIP image on that page in your browser and you can retrieve a free Coors Banquet beer at any of those bars. There are over 20 bars there. You're sure to find one close to you. It's bsnbars.com. Find a bar and get a free Coors Banquet on the house. Thanks for listening to the BSN Denver Podcast Network.